Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any health-related decisions. Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluids, and other real-life scenarios that might make some listeners uncomfortable. I'm Dr. Suzanne Ciotti. And I'm Becca Hammer. Welcome to the Perimena Podcast. of the day, joint pain. Okay, Suzanne, I always thought that my increasing joint pain, especially my knees, ankles, and lower back, was a result of getting older and a lifetime of sports grinding away Mm -hmm. and making it really hard to get out of a chair without going snap, crackle, pop. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Right? Um, I figured it it was kind of one of those inevitable parts of getting older. I... Uh, I should have known that that sassy hormone estrogen had uh, had to have something to do with it. Um, yeah, I learn something new every day. So <laughs> yeah. clearly my knowledge cup is empty. So let's go ahead and spill the tea on perimenopause and joint pain. Uh, you know, Becca, I'm sure you're not the only one who hasn't made the association with hormones and joint pains. So we're going to delve deep into that topic today. So, and we're definitely at that point in the podcast where we're getting into these lesser well-known symptoms of menopause. And I bet to a lot of our listeners, that association is not something they've ever heard of or is a real surprise. I mean, even as a provider with me, I really just assumed that uh, patients were getting older and that was the reason for their new aches and pains. But is it a coincidence or is it really related, related to hormonal changes? I mean, certainly joint pain is a common new complaint in men and women after the age of 50. So yeah, yeah. and I, about 10 years ago, I had some persistent patients who are like, I just don't know why I'm having all this joint pain. You know, it feels like I'm just in my early 50s. It just kind of happened all of a sudden. So I started questioning my patients more about their arthritic symptoms and just paying attention to how it was progressing and try to see if it correlated with better estrogen treatments, because that's certainly nothing we were taught in med school at all. And, uh, right, right, right. I mean, and yeah. you know, and thank God for you thinking about that, right? Because again, mm-hmm. so many times, like we've talked about, you know, Western medicine focuses so much on the problem, and I go and I treat the issue, and I don't pull back and look mm-hmm. and say, huh, are there correlations here? Are there things that, uh, wow, what a coincidence that the moment you went into perimenopause, you also started having joint pain in addition to your constellation of other symptoms. Right. So good yes. idea. <laughs> yeah, good, right. I know, I just thought, hey, I'm not that smart. I need to make sure I'm paying attention. Maybe I'm missing something. I was surprised that there was a big correlation between this arthritic pain and when women had their last period and how it seemed to affect a whole bunch of joints at the same time. Like 
people would have some finger stiffness and swelling too, and they would have knee pain, and they would have increased low back pain. For those of you who are not familiar with arthritis, let's just back up, slow down a little bit, and do a little arthritis 101. So Mm -hmm. start with what is called uh, osteoarthritis. What exactly is that? So that's kind of the most common type of arthritis. We kind of think of it as a wear and tear arthritis. It's one that progresses as we get older, just probably from that the fluid in our joints and the cartilage wearing down over time. Uh, and a lot of times you have one joint that's affected most, or you just have hands that are affected and not other joints typically. Like you know it's good, like you know it's gonna rain because your knee is acting up. <laughs> right, exactly. It's that old bum knee that you had that you had an injury to years years ago. So that's one kind of arthritis. Yeah. So there's other forms of arthritis too. So there's forms of arthritis that are diffuse, like they affect many joints at the same time, and we see that a lot in inflammatory arthritis that seem to have a system origin, like there's something off with the, your body. So examples of that are rheumatoid arthritis, gout, and lupus. Even now, when I see people come in with this diffuse joint pain, we'll screen for those conditions, even if it does seem strongly related to menopause. When it comes to perimenopause, did you see this for osteoarthritis or did you see it for the inflammatory kind of arthritis? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It doesn't really fit into one or the other. I've seen it in both. This, they, they, it seems like it has characteristics of both. And that it's diffuse, like inflammatory, but it didn't seem to have any markers that were positive in blood tests. So during this time period, I was surprised that estrogen treatment actually relieved some of the pain that patients were having. And I thought initially, because I never knew of an association, that it was probably they're sleeping better, so less hot flashes, that tends to help pain. Uh, I would look online, is there any association between joint pain and uh, hormonal arthritis? And there were no studies really initially, like in the you know, 20, 2008, 2010. The pandemic, came, everything came to a screeching halt. I had all this time on my hands. I thought I'd, I'd start investigating some menopausal things, trying to kind of write a little pamphlet for patients, which turned into a book, investigating all these issues. And so I thought, let me look up that, that research, if there's any research with arthritis and menopause. And sure enough, there were uh, more studies trying to investigate the association a lot more research about arthritis and hormonal changes in 2020 than in 2010. To be honest, uh, it's still not clear. Some of the studies are conflicting and there's only, there's only really one consensus recommendation from a medical organization about treatment of women with estrogen for joint pain. Ultimately, it's the best course of action for each individual woman who suffers from joint pain and menopause to talk about it with their physician so they can talk about the risks and benefits of maybe starting estrogen and seeing if it helps with symptoms or not. So what I hear you saying then is that, surprise, not surprise, there hasn't been a ton of research done with this joint pain issue for women. Right. And the little that has been done is kind of inconclusive on Mm -hmm. whether it is or isn't. Yes, right. There's, it's kind of mysterious, and we'll delve into some of the research that we know. 
So, but definitely bottom line is that there is an association between the joint pain and changes of hormones and especially changes of menopause. And we're not really sure why estrogen helps relieve this, this symptom, but it does for a lot of women. Uh, so that one of the studies actually thought, hey, let's look at the x-ray evidence, right? So x-rays generally are very good at showing us if people have arthritis. And they were trying to see if the estrogen supplementation uh, for or women, uh, if it actually changed their arthritis on x-ray or if it made it look less severe. And it didn't look like there were any changes in the x-ray. But it did seem like women who took estrogen did feel like their estrogen, their arthritis was much better. So there was an <gasps> improvement in symptoms, but not radiology evidence, no x-ray changes. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care what the x-ray says because I just want to feel better. Right, <laughs> if, I feel, if I feel better, it works regardless of what the x-ray says. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. And I have to say, you know, reversing arthritis is really hard. I mean, if we don't have a lot of medicines, even with people we know have arthritis that reverse arthritis, you know, that's why a lot of people end up having to have surgeries or joint replacements. So not even ibuprofen or that we typically take for joint pain reverses joint destruction. Uh, so there's a, there's some medicines that halt progression, uh, like medication for gout, for instance, you know, we usually will reverse some of the changes of arthritis. So there is another study, um, that was looking at, this was the one in mice where, uh, this, this, the researchers actually induced menopause in the mice and then they took uh, biopsies of the spine both before they removed the ovaries and after, and they did find a strong association between menopause and those bone and joint changes. So that was that's very interesting. Still have to figure out how it is with women, but that's a big thing to do. Doing biopsies, they're real painful, you know, before and after menopause. So there's other, even more studies. So other associations that we know about, we know that women during pregnancy, when they have a high estrogen state, they typically have less arthritis pain, okay. which worsens uh, again after delivery. So when your hormone levels drop again and women, they're diagnosed with lupus and, and arthritis more often than men. That might suggest also there's a hormonal association between those inflammatory arthritises and hormones. Well, it would. It doesn't. It does not surprise me at all that estrogen is playing such a part here. What again? Whether it is well documented or not, it's estrogen just has such an impact, as we've talked about in the yeah. last bunch of episodes, on right. everything that's happening in our body. There, it's. It is no surprise to me whatsoever that right. my crazy fluctuating estrogen has an impact on my joints as well. You know, in a lot of studies, we don't necessarily, like just in general studies, don't uh, take, you know, separate men and women and talk about risk reduction separately. We just try to include men and women in studies to make sure that we're getting a good combination going there. But we don't ever try to really see is there, there might be differences. And that might be something that changes also in, in relation to kind of your ethnicity or your race. Uh, there may be, there's probably differences and we don't always look at those separately, but we should because everybody's, we're all a little different. We have little diff different kinds of uh, um, kind of uh, hormones and other things that might be affecting 
what how a disease process progresses. So I mentioned for those, of, there's... for those of you at home, that banging noise in the back is me banging my head up against the wall. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. Right. Yes. <laughs> why would why wouldn't we treat men and women differently? Why would yeah. we study the effects on people of you know color and right. ethnicities? No, no. Let's just let's just dump us all into the same bucket. And right. Call it good. Oh, yeah. God. It's a it's okay. a lot of factors, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna breathe now. Keep talking. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I was talking about um, there's only one organization that recommends hormone therapy for people who have arthritis, and that's the American College of Rheumatology that recommends estrogen replacement therapy for women with rheumatoid arthritis. And that's only if they don't have this antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. A what? Is, a what? what? Yes. Anti- <laughs> that's a mouthful. Right. Saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Antiphospholipid get- antibody syndrome. <laughs> I interrupted. Say it one more time. Uh, Antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, because it can cause clots. That having that kind of disorder or problem can actually cause you to have increased clots, even without taking estrogen. It can all by itself. And estrogen actually tends to to cause that more likely to happen. Yeah, and they may, and maybe we do know estrogen is really, really good for your bones. Uh, so helps keeps those bones very strong. And a lot of people who are on, uh, who have rheumatoid arthritis, have been on medicines that cause osteoporosis. Um, and we do know that osteoporosis is something that progresses really rapidly the first 10 years after menopause. So after that last period, especially if you don't take estrogen, estrogen is really protective for that. And that's another thing we'll talk about a little bit later, because it's something to weigh in, especially if you have a strong family history, or if you have risk factors for osteoporosis, it might be something you'd consider when, whether you want to take estrogen or not. Okay, well, it makes me Ooh, feel better a lot. that that at least you know the the folks who are really focused on arthritis, the College of Rheumatology, yeah, is is recommending uh, estrogen replacement therapy. So right, somebody's seeing it at least, and there there might be some evidence as well that this low estrogen state not only affects uh, the joints but maybe also the tendons and bursa, kind of around the joint. So oh, wait, uh, I thought. Hold on, hold on. I thought we were, yeah. that was joint pain, right? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Right. So, okay, Dr. Ciotti. So when you say joint pain, yeah, I was thinking like, so again, not being the medical expert, I'm like, my <laughs> knee hurts. And so I assume that that's, that's either the bone or the tendonitis or bursitis. So we're not talking, mm-hmm. it is the same thing or it's not the same thing. Well, they are considered different to doctors, so we do tend to separate them out. But actually, when it comes to arthritis, maybe there's not arthritis related to menopause or the joint pain related to menopause. Maybe there isn't much of a distinction because it might be that estrogen helps your tendons and your ligaments as well. So it helps the joints, which is the bone, kind of the bone, the place where the, the joint is where it flexes, and then the tissues around it, which include tendons and um, cartilage and uh, ligaments. So those things might be helped by estrogen. Okay, so you're saying my joint pain could be any one of the things. It could be yes. arthritic, it could be tendonitis, or it could be bursitis. Right. It's estrogen, or the lack thereof in this case, 
seems to potentially impact any of those things, causing the umbrella concept of joint pain. Right, which is probably why it's so hard for us to figure out what is the main thing that women are experiencing when menopause that's causing them to have the pain in the first place, because we really are not 100% sure. Like I said, there's a one study that shows maybe there is a difference in mice who with biopsy and another study that shows there's no x-ray changes. So maybe it's a combination. And to complicate it a little bit more, oh, there's that's a, another one. There's another type of pain <laughs> syndrome, which we call doctors central pain. Uh, and that has to do with what kind of lack of sleep and changes neurologically in the brain with how you perceive pain. Um, and that typically has distribution and trigger points. That's what that syndrome fibromyalgia is. People who have pain all over their body and very specific tender points um, that just makes it really hard for them to be able to do things. We think that's a central pain syndrome, like having to do it the way brain the brain uh, perceives pain. And is that associated then with a lower the lack of estrogen that you can get that central pain also comes on? Well, well, I think that probably it would make sense. I didn't see any studies that address that specifically in menopause. But when you think about it, we had all that, that episode about sleeping. Um, we definitely have interruptions of sleep with hot flashes and just those hormonal changes, increased stress. So probably that we do know the body's going through stress with the hormonal changes, not its usual sort of thing all the organ systems are affected. And we also know that women definitely experience trouble with sleep, which tends to increase that central pain. So it would make sense uh, logically, scientifically, that maybe women do have some more central pain related to menopausal changes. Nice. So, yeah. So, okay. Whew, that was a lot of science, wasn't, wasn't it? I know. It, it makes it really muddy and murky. But I have to say that it's really exciting because it's finally being studied, right? And it's yeah, right? finally being a recognized potential association. And I think there's some women who just get to menopause and they're feeling so bad and so much pain that they just don't want to do anything. So really, like you said earlier, Becca, the bottom line is if your arthritis feels better on estrogen replacement therapy, then your menopausal life will be better, right? You'll want to get out there. You want to exercise, do stuff with your kids, do things with your grandkids. So do things with your with whoever, your friends. So be sure when you're going to visit your your provider that you include joint pain, back pain, and your list of issues that you're having that started with menopause so that you and your provider can weigh that into the pros and cons of taking estrogen replacement therapy. Well, so, and I think it's really important too, like you mentioned earlier, I'm gonna, I'm gonna circle back on that, is that remember your provider might not think about joint pain and your lack of estrogen, they might not be connecting the dots because it has not been typical in the medical establishment to associate joint pain and low estrogen. So So when they look at you like you're crazy. (laughs) Right. Well, and I have to also say 
that it just because you're having joint pain doesn't mean that estrogen's going to take it away. So, I mean, certainly we develop joint pain for lots of different reasons. For instance, if you've had arthritic pain in your knee ever since an injury in high school, starting way before menopause, then maybe that isn't related to uh, menopause and you probably ought to, but you, it, estrogen may will probably not help. Also, if it starts years and years after that last period, then chances are that estrogen therapy won't help since your hormone levels have been low for a while. And then you want to weigh that into that risk of possible stimulating um, breast uh, clot, breast cancer or clots. So, um, so what? You're, that you just have, weighs you have, in there. You have 65-year-old women coming in saying that they want estrogen replacement because they have joint pain? Right. Okay. So that's the, that's absolutely right. I mean, when I have a woman who comes in, which has definitely happens where they've just learned, Hey, maybe my joint pain is related to you know, maybe lower estrogen. Should I go ahead and try it? Usually I won't recommend doing that. And part of that is because we could actually stimulate periods again too. We can cause some <gasps> breast tenderness. And like I said, maybe clots, maybe um, if you have like a very small breast tumor, we can stimulate that. So there are risks associated with it, really small risks we're finding out more and more, which we talk about more in the next episode, um, but that definitely some risks. So okay. yeah, and like you said, that your physician may not even realize because they haven't learned, it's kind of more recent uh, information that there might be association, but important for you to, to uh, mention it. And then they'll learn over time, like I did, that maybe there's a correlation. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. So, okay. So, what can I expect then? Um, I, yeah. you know, joint pain is gonna is has become very problematic for me. Right. I take it in and talk to my provider about my constellation of symptoms. Yes, right. What should I expect? Yeah. So, like I said, that when I have people who have this diffuse pain, typically I'll also check things that rule out rheumatoid arthritis or lupus arthritis. Um, so those inflammatory arthritic conditions. So that would include blood tests that look for rheumatoid factor, anti-nuclear antibody, C-reactive protein, sedimentation rate, and uric acid level. So those specifically oh, Suzanne, screen. I love it when you talk sexy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. So those some of those are just markers of infl inflammation, and some of those are to look at look for those specific other conditions, systemic conditions that can cause arthritis. Because one of the true things about menopause is sometimes it it increases our uh, the kind of autoimmune related disorders. So. Uh, that might actually get a little stimulated during menopause. So good to screen for those. And if I'm considering estrogen treatment, I might check an estrogen level just to see where we're starting as baseline. So that way it helps me be more comfortable with increasing doses if we're not seeing increases in, this, in the blood levels over the time that we're on treatment. Uh, and, and if they correlate with relief of symptoms, sometimes I'll also check an x-ray. If it looks like I'm really suspicious, this is probably osteoarthritis in, in a joint that's old, or maybe an MRI. If I think that there might be some kind of ligament, cartilage, or, um, or tendon issue or destruction that needs another sort of treatment. So typically expect some probable, some evaluation for that. Yeah. So what? So, and so then, so you check and you see, yeah, you know, girl got it. So yeah. what, what happens after that? Yeah. And what's funny is that usually we won't really see 
anything on the blood test, right? So it, it, unfortunately, none of the blood tests go, hey, this is menopausal arthritis and you're going to do better on estrogen. So this is all so in your head, honey. It's good. <laughs> it's good to give the estrogen a try, especially if you're having bad, if you're having worse symptoms, because definitely inactivity, uh, not doing your usual day-to-day -day, uh, activities also are going to worsen some of your, your function over time by decreasing your muscle mass and uh, may make it worse on those joints too. So make it harder to sleep as well. Good to get it treated and maybe give, uh, give it a try. And it's estrogen that's the treatment of choice for the menopausal-related arthritis. It seems to work pretty well. And usually I'll see it working within the first three months of taking it. But if you just notice a little tiny improvement, but not a lot, continue taking it a little bit longer, um, you know, up to six months or a year to see if it helps improve your symptoms. So um, you might need and, some sort of a build effect on that? Yes, exactly. Okay. It might not work within the first couple weeks. Then it doesn't appear that progesterone is very helpful. Testosterone might be helpful if, because it, it does help the muscles. It helps muscle strength. Uh, so it might be helping the muscles around the joint, which helps with that weight bearing, which is helped by weight bearing exercise as well. And it helps the joint function better. Remember also, if we're giving you estrogen and you still have a uterus, you need another hormone too. Do you know what that is, Becca? Progesterone. <laughs> right. You have to have That's progesterone. exactly right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So, so if we're doing by identical hormones, so compounded hormones, we can add testosterone, which might actually help strengthen the joint too by helping those muscles. So we'll use estrogen right. and testosterone. Maybe you don't want to do the hormones, so yeah, I'm so not you, a candidate. I don't. Yeah, no, right. No hormone for me, thank you. What else? Yeah, what, give me so a, you give could, me more yeah. options, doctor. Right, absolutely. So you, so there's some medicines that can help, uh, which include NSAIDs. So that's non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So those are ibuprofen, Aleve, Naproxen. Those are medicines that can be helpful for the pain associated with joints. Tylenol, there's topical NSAIDs, um, uh, naproxen has a topical form also, which has less effect on the stomach. Some antidepressants might help pain, some are really what? specific to pain. Yeah, so they, that might be something to consider. Which, so, which antidepressants? I mean, so any antidepressant that I'm on might help? There's one that is called Cymbalta that's indicated for pain. So that one actually we do know is very helpful for pain. So sometimes if you're on Zoloft, I might switch you over to Cymbalta instead and see if that works a little bit better. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's also once a day COX-2 inhibitors. <laughs> COX-2. Yes, and the brand name is Celebrex, so that might be something people are familiar with. Those can cause, help arthritis, and they're just taken once a day, which is really useful, uh, and they don't cause stomach pain or ulcers uh, because, in general, NSAIDs can cause ulcers if taken a long time, and they're also very hard on the kidneys. So they that if you had to take them every day for years and years for pain, keep in mind that you might be actually hurting your kidneys. If you have to take Tylenol long, uh, for a long time, years and years, you might be actually uh, hurting your liver. So those are things to take into consideration. 
um, we're kind of weighing the risk benefits. So estrogen might actually be, a, you know, come down to being one of the best uh, forms because it's also helping your bones, it's helping your joints, and it might, if you had a little testosterone too, it would be helping those muscles too. So for people who are suffering from severe joint pain, that might be something to consider. Have, have you ever noticed, this is a total side note, have you ever noticed that a lot of the medications that you just mentioned also sound like Pokemon characters? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, just, I'm so, I, I'll focus. I swear to God, I promise. Naperson. <laughs> and Celebi Celebrex. and Celebrex. And isn't Celebi? I swear, Celebi is a Pokemon and Celebrex is a medicine. It Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> uh, right. I know. You must have had boys. <laughs> you had boys. Uh, so you know all about Pokemon. They're making a comeback. So I have children, so yeah, yes. I definitely know <laughs> yes. about, I mean, it, the funny thing is, is I've been told like, oh, oh yes. so the old school ones, I'm like, well, you know, if the boot fits. Okay. Right. Oh, yes. Back. Yes. <laughs> thank you for, right. thank you for taking that tiny detour with me. Um, right. <laughs> so talk about other, um, you know, again, we love to give options here and if mm-hmm. the hormones don't work for you, but you're also not really jazzed about taking any of the Pokemon drugs, then, um. <laughs> Talk about some non-prescription um, medications that might be able to help. Yeah, so some non-medications, things that you can get over the counter, include herbals. So turmeric. With uh, or without black pepper. With or without black pepper. And I think since we last <laughs> talked, I looked a little, dived a little deeper. I guess the black pepper might help your microbiome so you absorb turmeric better. But I have to yes. say there are a lot of, there are a lot of studies that just have turmeric all by themselves. And it does seem to still help uh, joint pain and inflammation. So, okay, so well, you use it your own with discretion. Or without, right. So glucosamine, chondroitin, which is chondroitin sulfate, vitamin D, uh, and calcium. Big D. So, yeah, big D again. <laughs> Excellent. I love big D. Some, right. <laughs> okay. That's right. And then magnesium and biotin are really good supplements for muscle, muscle and tendon function and, and health. And yep. then don't forget acupuncture, right? Of course. Because Who when, could? When, right. And we do use acupuncture a lot for pain in general, different pain in the joints. People, I think that's when people think about it the most, actually, joint joint pain, back pain, neck pain. Also, heat and ice. It's kind of the old rice uh, prescription we used that to talk about when people school. have injury. It's a little old school, but guess what? It actually still works. Some of that old school <laughs> stuff still works. <laughs> and we've gotten a little more sophisticated about it nowadays. So you can find uh, like uh, brick and mortar places that offer like uh, cryotherapy, which is where you're either immersed in a cold bath or the machine releases cold gas that helps um, cool your muscles and tendons and joints. And that's helpful for pain. Mm, uh, and the, hot, the, hot like, flash, the hot flash girl in me says that cryotherapy yeah, is yeah. a possibility. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You might be killing two birds with one stone with that one. Uh, the other one is infrared therapy. So that might be helpful too for joints and for muscles too. So that's another possibility. You might see your physical therapist because they can do dry needling, therapeutic massage, and also help you to strengthen uh, the muscles around the joints that are affected. So that way you don't lose um, use that lose that strength, which is really helpful uh, with your pain overall. 
So, and then, and remember your physical therapist and maybe even your acupuncturist might be covered by insurance. So <gasps> all not out of, see, because if your uh, if your heating pad and your ice pack, uh, you know, are too lowbrow for you and you want to go pay right. for one of those expensive <laughs> yes, therapists. Right. Yeah. You could use a heating pad or you could use an ice pack. That's absolutely right. <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh man, you are old. And, what are you talking then, about? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also cranial sacral therapy, it can be helpful. Yeah. So that's kind of a form of uh, chiropractic care that helps to bring the body back into balance. Um, so, so that's something also to to think about a little bit. Any chiropractor can do that? Cranial sacral therapy can is but done by a very specific provider. It's not done just by any chiropractor. Yes. So, All right, so if you're going to investigate it, make sure that they are ex- experienced in that. Right, Or specialized exactly. in that. Okay. Right, that's right. Yep, so the important thing for you to do is to keep moving. So don't try not to become completely inactive. Uh, yeah, but it because hurts. But it I hurts. know, I know. It hurts, it's a, Right. <laughs> because the more you just let you, more that you sit around and you... Uh, and you don't use your muscles, you don't try to get out and at least walk a little bit, you're going to make that condition worse, actually. So you might actually be making your your muscles weaker and thinner and atrophic is what we call it. You might be accelerating bone loss, which is bad for the joints and for arthritis. So you need to keep doing some weight-bearing exercise of some sort. It doesn't have to be big Nautilus equipment at the, the health spa. It can be done with free weights at home. Uh, it can be done with rubber bands. Didn't you tell me when we were talking about this that there are certain types of arthritis that, yes, it hurts to start, but yes. the movement actually alleviates the symptoms? Right. I did t- say that, and I forgot to mention it early on. People who have osteoarthritis generally do uh, experience pain that gets worse over time of the day, like with more activity, more running, uh, they might notice that they're, they get a little flare of their, their, um, osteoarthritis, but people who have inflammatory arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus arthritis tend to be really stiff in the morning. And they, as they move through the day, they get better and better. And some of those people actually spend some time in the morning, doing some stretches, doing some range of motion in order to feel better. So sometimes that 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 can be so. For some conditions, it seems to make things better. For some, make it worse. But it's important to keep moving. So, okay. yeah, so you want to try to find something that works uh, for you. So remember that if you were to just sit around all the time, not move, you'll increase that osteoporosis that we talked about. You'll increase your risk of falls, which increases your risk of having fractures down the line. So spine and hip fractures, and it's really bad for your heart. It's also bad for sleep and mood. So you want to keep staying um, strong as you, especially as you age. And remember, once you hit 50, you still have another, you know, potentially 30, 40 years of life. So you want to find a team of providers who can help you stay strong and functional as you age. So when you think about it this way, controlling your arthritis symptoms kind of earlier on in your fifties, it's with using estrogen might be more of a no brainer, really. Because long term, it's going to help you age better. 
Some other lifestyle changes that can help your joints and pains include weight loss if you're overweight. Uh, Weighing more tends to put a lot of strain on the hips, knees, and ankles, feet. Are you looking at me? Are you looking at me right now when you say that? It's good for everybody. Everybody say good. (laughs) That bring your weight down for sure. And it's a particular struggle. We talked about it before, that there is a time where you try not to get too stressed about it in that red zone right after your last period, the first 12 months, it's going to be really hard to lose weight. So you want to enter menopause at a good weight to begin with. Remember that good sleep habits help that pain too. And avoiding tobacco and alcohol. Oh, God, Suzanne. Why don't, I mean, <laughs> could you just take every piece of pleasure from my life right now? I don't know. All the joy <laughs> away. I know. There's nothing left. <laughs> but you can try to find something, Becca. A lot of people, I wish I knew the statistics, but I'm sure it's millions of people are finding the joy of pickleball these days, oh right? They're right. popping up everywhere. It's also a good way to get to meet other people. It's not so much uh, movement as uh, tennis. uh kind of that jolting movement so it's a little bit easier on your joints maybe bike riding maybe yoga we talked about how yoga is so good for sleep as well so keep exploring don't get uh don't get distraught if you try something it doesn't work there's going to be something out there for you definitely i completely agree and the thing that used to be great for you once upon a time may not be now so Mm -hmm. explore new things right um right tell you the sad sad story of giving up soccer but i i don't want to cry on air right (laughs) yes no way you gave it up i can't believe it so i I just want our listeners to know that becca organized two years ago uh a soccer match indoors for our 35th high school reunion is that right oh my god was it 35 am i Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, Something really <laughs> way up there. And we did it. I, I we did it. Counting. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was. <laughs> and I plan to do it again. She loves soccer. The regular. All right. This is this has been enlightening. And so, you know, I, I think what's really important is that this symptom, joint pain, that you may be having is probably underrepresented to the medical community in regards to having it in relation to perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. That does not mean it's not a thing. You are feeling what you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And you may be experiencing joint pain. I'm going to use the umbrella of joint pain as an all over inflammatory type arthritis, but it could also show up as like bursitis or tendonitis, which is inflammation around your joints. Mm-hmm. So again, not a ton of studies, but there's evidence that your lower estrogen is the culprit here. Mm-hmm. And estrogen replacement therapy is definitely a possibility here to help alleviate some of those joint pain symptoms. And of course, if you have a uterus, you'll also be taking progesterone with it. Duh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but but if, you don't, if you don't like that idea or you're not a candidate, herbs and vitamins like turmeric with or without black pepper chondritin, glucosamine, vitamin D, and calcium, magnesium, biotin can also be useful to help you with your joint pain as well. Um, You can, of course, take um, the -the over-the-counter NSAIDs like Aleve, Ibuprofen, Naproxen? Yep, Naproxen. Mm -hmm. Naproxen. There's topicals like Voltaren, which Mm -hmm. I believe is also a Pokemon character. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but the, really the takeaway here is that the joint pain isn't necessarily a, a result of getting older only. And it could be associated with your lowering estrogen, with the changes that your body's going through in perimenopause and menopause, and that there are definitely things that you can do about it um, to alleviate the symptoms. If you talk to your provider and they try to brush you off or say, well, that's just a part of getting older, don't stop, right? Mm -hmm. right. Bring, that, bring that as a symptom into your conversation so that it be evaluated all together. And of course, acupuncture is always an option right uh, <laughs> and and a good option as well perfect anything else to add up to about joint pain no that's it but just important like i said to get to try to address it early uh so that you can start um be living more actively to help you especially as you get much older yeah yeah definitely perfect well let's let's take a listen into our next episode in our next episode, we'll talk about an important aspect of perimenopause, breast health. Now, you have been reminded your whole life that paying attention to the girls is important. We're going to talk about changes you may be experiencing during perimenopause, what is, quote, normal, like that's a thing, and then, but when to get some attention. So take off your bra, put your comfortable clothes on, <laughs> uh, and listen to the next perimenopause podcast. If you would like to visit our website where reference materials and links to other podcasts are held, please visit us at www.theperimenopodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at theperimenopodcast at gmail.com. Find more episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please do us a favor. If this information has been helpful for you, please like us, write a review if you're so inclined. Most importantly, share this podcast with another sister so she can be informed too.